Hey everyone, welcome to the Part-Time Tech Podcast, where we talk about part-time, flexible, and other non-traditional forms of work in the tech industry. I'm your host, Ernie Park, and today's guest is the founder of MyLands, a platform and community for independent consultants. He's a past consultant himself and a past operations leader at Uber. So he's done a little bit of everything. I think he'll provide a ton of good insight for folks considering going away from the nine to five. So welcome, Bradley Jacobs. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So um, why don't we start? Uh, can you just give us like a quick background and high level overview of kind of where your career's taken you and how it's you know brought you to my lands and then us sitting here talking to each other? Definitely. So I'll, I'll keep it brief. I graduated and went immediately into management consulting. You know, they tell you you should last two years and I couldn't quite do it. I got bored pretty quickly, um, <laughs> made it a year and a half. And then I joined a startup at the time called Uber and you know, it wasn't a household name in 2014, but I joined the DC office. I was managing nine markets in the North Carolinas for the rides business. So it was kind of whatever it took to, to grow those businesses. Did that for about two years, switched over to Uber Eats and became a launcher. And I actually launched Uber Eats in Miami and Milan. So crazy experience, got to travel around, uh, very hectic, but a lot of fun. And then Moved out to San Francisco, actually, and started the Uber Freight business with a small team out there. I ended up managing a small a team of analysts, basically the automation team, if you will, and we scaled that business really quickly. I was there about two years, so a total of four and a half years at Uber, and I was just ready to go out on my own. I was just sick of working for somebody else and, frankly, had had a lot of success building businesses for Uber and was like, can I do this for myself? So I yeah. quit. I quit Uber, and I wasn't ready to jump into something. I needed to kind of take a step back. I needed some downtime. I needed to decompress from a crazy four years. And I had the thought, could I consult? Could I just work part-time, make some money on the side while I figured things out? And honestly got lucky. I got lucky with my first client. It was a big success. It was about 25K a month and I was only working 25 hours a week. And it felt too good to be true. I was like, there's no way. Cause I was making mm -hmm. way more than my Uber salary at that time. And it wasn't. I consulted for the next two years. I actually still do a little consulting now, but my business was really successful. I partnered with a business partner. We shared a lot of clients together. We'd refer each other clients. I found clients from LinkedIn, Catalan, my own external outreach, my network on down the line. I feel like 10 different ways I found clients. And then I became really passionate about part-time work. So I had always wanted to start a company. I now had a passion and an interest and a problem statement to go after about helping independent consultants really launch and grow sustainable businesses. That's what I'm passionate about. And so I founded MyLance in early 2020, right before COVID, a crazy time. And you know, the last three years I've been building up MyLance. So that's what brings me to you today. That's great. I love that story. I think it's one that uh, either a lot of people can relate to or at least like aspire to, right? I, th I think there is definitely, I'm sure you've seen that a lot too, people who wanna go out, it, out about it on their own. Uh, especially these days after the pandemic and all that. So a lot of things we can kind of dig in there, but let's start kind of, I guess, back at Uber. You you obviously have some sort of entrepreneurial itch. Like what was that decision point like, right? Like that's something I've, I've talked to a lot of folks about. It's like, uh, how did you either like muster up the courage to do that? Or like, did you just have a lot of savings or like what went into kind of that calculation and that decision to actually leave? The first thing was I was already ready to move on to the next business line. Right, you can see my journey at Uber, rides to eats to freight yeah. was like less structured. And there was actually a brand new business line that they were starting to work on called Uber Works. It's like a labor marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed and I got the offer. 
And I was really excited about it. And one of my mentors at the time who I spoke with, he said, do you really want to go do this a fourth time for Uber? Mm -hmm. And it really started to get my wheels turning of, yeah, maybe I don't, right? Because Uber Freight, you know, was now like a billion dollar company. And how much of that did I have, right? Like zero, right? Or very, (laughs) very, very, very little. So that was kind of the impetus of, okay, wait, like, I don't want to go just continue to do this for somebody else. But I also, I'm a risky person, obviously, to some degree, but I still need that safety net. And so actually what I did is I polished my resume. I went out to the the job market and I did some interviewing. I did some networking, some interviewing, and I found out my value in the market. And I think it's one of the best things that I did because it gave me that peace of mind. If I go out on my own and I fail, there is a fallback plan. And that yep. frankly helped me a lot. So did you do that while you were still at Uber, like interviewing or was it like right after you had left? It was, I was still at Uber. So I was at Uber okay. and I was just like, I want to, and I hadn't interviewed in four years. I didn't, my resume right. was far from updated. I actually hired a resume firm. I was like, I don't even know what a good resume looks like anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it gave me that peace of mind. I did have some savings from Uber that, that I did a really good job. I, I wasn't a big spender. I was a big saver. So I saved every sure. bonus I got, every, you know, every extra salary, you know, that I didn't need for a cost of living. I did save. So I had some savings. The other thing mm-hmm. Uber had at that time was they had a sabbatical and I was actually mm-hmm. was able to get one month of pay without working. So that right. was amazing, frankly. And then I actually took another two months yeah. after that and I just didn't work. I just... I took some time off. I visited my parents. I traveled a little bit by myself and, yeah. uh, I, I needed that time after, you know, I'm very fortunate. I got to take that time, but I'm glad I took it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of wisdom there though, right? Like, especially now with obviously like job security in tech, like there's still plenty of good jobs in tech, but like we see with the layoffs, it doesn't matter if you're a veteran and like you've done amazing work. Some like, you know, we've seen like 16 year veterans of, you know, top tech companies just getting laid off. Right. So I, I like that of like, see what your worth is and have a little bit of a fallback plan. Obviously be smart with your savings. Um, I think a lot of people don't have that backup plan, right? And and I think it makes sense. Like at least we're, we're I think about the same age, like the entire time we've been working, like there's always been a backup plan, which is it's so easy to get another job if you're okay at what you do. But obviously things have kind of changed. So I, I think that's super smart what you did there. So let, let's talk a little bit about the consulting that you did. Was it very similar to what you'd done at Uber, how did you find clients? What, what, what did that actually look like? So the first client, and I tell this story a lot because it's, you know, again, I got kind of lucky, but I, you know, we all, if you have five, 10 years experience, you get inbounds from LinkedIn, right? Recruiters, yep. hiring managers, even these, this day and age, right? People are getting it like crazy. So I went back, I went back through the last 12 people that had messaged me and I was honest. I said, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not open to a full-time role right now. I'm coming off this four years at Uber, but I would love to help out part-time and I would love to use my experience. And I had like one liner about my experience mm-hmm. and 11 companies said, no, they're like, nah, we, we don't want that. Uh, yeah. but one company said, oh, that's, that's interesting. Like, let me check with our COO. And one that ended up being my first client. One thing led to another. We had a call, we had an interview, a send over a proposal, and and that became my first client. And I think I think about that a lot because that company reached out to my guess is fifty or a hundred people from Uber. Like a lot. Mm. And I think I and and frankly, they just couldn't close the deal with someone that they really wanted with Uber Eats experience. They were launching a food delivery marketplace using mm-hmm. self-driving cars was what they were doing. Yeah. And I was just, I think the first person to say, hey, like maybe there's another arrangement that works for both of us. 
Right. So it's a, it's a great lesson and just like ask, you never know what might happen if you ask. And then when I asked for the number that I wanted, uh, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know what a good number is. This feels crazy high. I don't know. And they were actually like, no, that is too high. But they mm-hmm. came back with a number like 7% less than what I, what I had asked for. It was still right. a no-brainer for me to say yes. Yeah. So that's the first client was through LinkedIn. I then got clients. I then share my experience consulting on LinkedIn in posts. Mm-hmm. So I had all other people from my network then come in. And actually, I got quite a bit of inbound, including from someone from like 10 years ago when I was a management consultant. Like an old yeah. boss came back. Uh, colleagues came back. And then one Uber Freight colleague, he had left Uber Freight. And he came to me and he was like, I think we should do this together. Like I can help you find clients and you can help me deliver the projects. And I was like, prove it. Like go go get, go get a deal. (laughs) Right. Like I'm all ears if you can deliver. And and he did. And so we would network together. He would set up calls. We do it together quite a bit. Um, I did get a project through Catalant. I think it's can be very difficult to get one there. It's probably like one in 20 that you apply to and actually get, yeah. but I did get one. It was a pretty big project. And then I did some cold outbound. I would look at like ride sharing companies, food delivery companies, mm-hmm. freight companies, and I would just shoot them notes with a legitimizing sentence about me. Like why should they talk to me? Yep. And look, it's a bit of a numbers game, right? It's definitely not, I'm not gonna tell you everybody responded, but sure. you only need two to three clients at one time to make 30, 40, 50 K a month. Right. And so I was, I mean, that's basically how it worked for me. That's fantastic. I, so many good lessons there. I think a lot of people can pick up on the, the LinkedIn thing is, is like super clever. And I actually, I wrote it something, um, it was for software engineers, but it really applies to anybody, right? About take any of your inbound requests and just flip it on their head, whether LinkedIn or email, the worst they can say is just no, right. <laughs> and you're going to do it anyway, but you could turn that into a consulting engagement, uh, a part-time role, whatever. So I, I think that's super smart. And that's, I feel like that's relatively low effort. Um, but I think the other thing there, it seems like that you did is, is you knew probably what your one liner was and you knew how to translate. Like you're really good at marketing yourself of like, here's what I did in the past and here's how I can do that for you. I think one thing I see a lot of LinkedIn posts these days, people like saying like, you know, I'm open to work, but uh, it's very generic. And, and I think uh, the more specific people can be, like you said, it's like, why should I talk to Bradley versus any of the other thousand people that we could talk to? So um, it seems like you did a good job kind of honing in on that message. This is, I mean, you're speaking my language. This is what I think we we specialize at MyLance in a really big yeah. way of really pushing this narrative of everything you just said about specializing and, and getting clear of your value. It didn't come so naturally to me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I definitely learned of... You know, I, I pitched myself, I did operations at Uber and people were lost, right? Like, what the hell does that mean? Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a useless sentence, right? So I was like, okay, that doesn't work. And then I would try a new sentence and a new sentence and a new sentence. And I just yeah. kept trying. And finally, I got to a sentence where people were like, oh, got it, right? It, was, yep. it just like made sense to them. And it was also an attractive sentence. They're like, not only do I get it, but I'm interested in you. And, right. and it probably took six to nine months of just like testing different sentences. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, agree. Uh, so important and just like take some trial and error. The other thing that you mentioned that I, that I want to just go back to is it, the worst that happens if you ask is people say no, right? Mm-hmm. And you just have to say like, am I okay with that? Can my ego right. handle a rejection? Yeah. And we all are, right? It might hurt a little bit and that's okay, but we're all okay with that no it still lingers in people, the back of people's minds that prevent them from doing these things. 
Mm, and they might sure. not even yeah. be aware of what is holding them back, but it's often that fear, some sort of fear of failure, imposter thoughts, getting that no. And frankly, yeah. like the only way you get to a yes is probably to go through some no's first. Like yeah. you just have to do it, but yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think when we've chatted before, you mentioned it's like when you're a consultant, you are a business, right? And all business have to think about positioning and marketing. And that's effectively what it is, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you're a product manager, let's say, right. And you're just like, I'm a product manager and I like launch products. Like you're saying nothing, right? But if you're like, right. I specialize in like X, Y, Z, I've done this for this company. Like you're, you're honing in on that message. So definitely like, you know, the analogy I like is just like, you just need more at-bats. You just need to go up to the plate, swing swing at it, miss a couple, uh, but eventually you'll kind of make contact and, and figure out what sticks. Totally. Um, and the one other thing I just mentioned, I, I like to talk a lot about the, you know, side of being consultant, but also for that company that you worked for at the beginning, like, by being a little bit flexible, they probably found someone that they may, may not have been able to find otherwise, right? Sounds like they, they got a lot of no's on their side and they were able to find something that was really mutually beneficial. And, and I think that's the thing I, I've really been trying to hammer home with folks as well. Yeah, it's, it's a win-win. And I think that if you can have that mindset, it removes the sales component or the sales mm -hmm. fear, right? right? I'm not necessarily selling myself. I'm saying, hey, I'm available to solve a problem that you have. Right. Yep. And then there can be a win-win opportunity here where I was kind of one of the perfect people for them to hire. They need to launch yeah. a food delivery marketplace. I had done this twice for a big company. It's like I had the playbook to, to copy for them. I, I wrote it down and told them everything to do. Right. I wasn't cheap for them, but I saved them huge numbers of mistakes and trial and error and the resources required and on down the line. And they raised like a $50 million series B based on some of the work that we had done. So it's like, you know, I wasn't cheap, but they definitely came out ahead too. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So, and I know you've talked a bit about like, you weren't just consulting, you, you kind of had forays into like other entrepreneurial things, anything in there that you kind of want to talk about? I experimented a lot and it was so fun because I just never had the bandwidth or energy to do that. Right. I was always, yeah. even a full-time job when you're working on the side, it's just so hard. And one of the things I did that I love to call out is I actually bought an e-commerce business. It was a mm -hmm. very, very small one. I think I bought it for like $800, like it was tiny. Um, but the $800 got me like the website, a bunch of inventory, all the assets, the social media, all that kind of stuff. And I, I just wanted to learn what that was like. And so I acquired mm -hmm. the company. I played around with it a little bit. I took like a Google ads course and I, you know, I just kind of learned some new skills as part of it. And I automated the back end. Like that's really my skill set. It's like the back end mm -hmm. operations and logistics kind of kind of stuff. And because he was manually fulfilling every order in his house. Right. And I was like, why are you doing that? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, there's an opportunity here. So I found a fulfillment center and I automated the whole thing, back end, Shopify, all of that. So when an order happened, I didn't have to do anything. Right. I do the marketing, the sales, but like once an order happened, I didn't need to do anything. And then I realized how many of these units, it was like a $20, like wine opener, like how many units would I have to sell to make some real money? Mm -hmm. And at that point I was just like, I'm not the sales and marketing expert. This is just not my thing. So yeah. let me go resell the business. Mm -hmm. And I resold it for about four times what I bought it for. Mm -hmm. And nothing materially had changed except for the fact that I automated the back end. And it was just a, a really interesting learning for me of, and people are like, oh, why don't you do that at scale? You could buy a bigger business, automate it, you know, streamline it and sure. then sell it again. It's not you know, quite my passion of what I want to do, but 
I learned so much in that process. And now when someone talks about order fulfillment or Shopify or all those kinds of things, you know, I spent like two or three months on this project and I learned a huge amount. It was, it was such a fun experience and, you know, came out a little bit ahead on the financial side. Not, not much. It was small amounts, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love that. And, and I think you're really speaking to me right now. Cause I'm, I'm sort of in that phase that you were in before, right? Like I'm an engineer, engineering manager, kind of like builder by experience. Now I'm like doing podcasts and I'm writing a lot. Like this is not, and doing a lot of marketing essentially. Right. Like, right. but I, I've enjoyed it just to learn to right to understand. Like I've always been interested in business kind of as a whole, right. Uh, as a, as a big umbrella. So like getting a little out of my comfort zone learning, obviously it's, you know, it, it's a luxury. It's like a luxury to be in this place. Right. Cause like, you know, yeah. obviously I'm not replacing my previous income yet. Um, but I feel like at some point, you know, I've learned a little bit about SEO, writing, email, like how do all these things work? And I hope that in the future it'll pay off. And and I think the other thing too is like, especially for, you know, consultants or people looking to go away from nine five, you're finding other ways that you think you could make money in the future, right? So you kind of have these other bets, which sounds like you don't want to maybe necessarily do e-commerce, but you know that like you could do something in that space in the future. You, you've dipped your toes in it a little bit, right? And as you said, you learn so many skills along the way. Right. Like I, I, I do use things at MyLance now that I learned as part of that experimentation phase. I also started a blog. I didn't do a podcast, but I, I did a bunch of other like content creation. And now that's yep. a huge part of our marketing at MyLance is content generation. And I hadn't done a single piece of that, you know, but when I was quitting Uber. Right. So you yeah. do just learn so much. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be CEO of your own thing, whether it's a small app or a blog or a bigger company, you need to kind of know at least a little bit about almost everything. Absolutely. Right? And then you hire, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of what I've been trying to hammer with part-time tech too. It's not just like quit your job and do this thing. It's also like, and, and obviously I know sometimes side gigs are really hard to do, but like you could do something really small, right? Like, like you said, like you bought something that was $800. If you lose that, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you could have done a little bit of that at your full-time job or, you know, some other kind of project where you learn little bits of things and, formulate different skills and things so that you could go out on your own in the future. So yeah, I really like that. You, you kind of had a little bit of a meandering path there, but uh, sounds like it was a lot of fun. You learned a lot. So why don't we kind of transition them? How did all this lead to MyLands? I imagine some of your experience consulting, uh, there was something that you saw. So yeah, tell me a little about that story, how it all started. So I think the first thing is as an independent consultant myself, I saw the problems. I saw the challenges of bookkeeping and taxes and health insurance and proposals and contracts and finding new clients, right? Like the gamut of things that everyone probably listening to this understands. And then, so I saw this problem statement and I started doing research into the market. I was like, wow, this is a really big market. And I had wanted to start a company for my whole life. Like I had started and stopped and failed at like 10 different ideas. And I was like, this one I'm seeing through. I, I don't care what it takes. I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm seeing it through. And so I started talking to customers. And the way I would talk to customers is I would post on LinkedIn. I'd share my experience consulting. And actually, people would message me, right? They were like, how, do you, how did you do this? Can I pick your brain? I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So they would pick my brain. And then I would actually kind of user interview them. And almost everybody. So actually, at this time, I decided I was going to start the bookkeeping side of things. So I hired a CPA and we were like, okay, we'll just do things manually and figure out what product needs to be built. And as we were servicing, I think literally one customer, I had one customer at the time, um, all my customer interviews, they asked me about 
how I got off the ground consulting, how I found my first $10,000, $15,000. And finally, I think that maybe the seventh or eighth conversation, it was a woman who used to work at Uber. Middle of the conversation, I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you. I'll work with you one-on-one. I will give you, send you modules. I was like making all this shit up. I didn't have, I didn't have any structure. <laughs> I'm going to send you everything. You're going to send it back to me. And in exchange, you're going to give me a cut of your revenue. You're going to give me, I think I said seven and a half percent. I made something up. You're going to give mm-hmm. me seven and a half percent for your first six months. And I'm going to help you every step of the way. And she was in, she was like, I'm in great. When can we get started? And I was like, wow. Okay. I need to create, I need to create. All this <laughs> now I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. And then the next conversation, that same questions came up and I was like, well, I have this course and they're like, great, sign me up. And then I realized that I needed some sort of like barrier to start the course. So then I started charging. I was like, I'll charge you 300 bucks up front and then seven and a half percent. And people are like, oh, easy. I'm in. So that's really how this started. And then there's so many learnings that could go on for the, you know, how we got to the cohort base and changed the pricing structure. And like a lot of mm-hmm. things happened along the way. But I think one, I just made the decision. I'm starting this company and one way or another, we are moving this thing forward. And some mm-hmm. days I had no motivation. And some days I was like, you know, this isn't going anywhere. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just, I, I would actually, the night before I would put one to-do list item on my, on my, on my list. And I was like, if nothing else happens tomorrow, if I wake up feeling like absolute garbage, I'm doing this one thing. Yeah. And that's how I moved the ball forward every day, no matter what. And I just talked to users and I asked them what they needed and they kind of told me, and that was really how my lands, how my lands started. Yeah. I love that. I feel like, you know, the best companies are started from scratching your own itch, right? Absolutely. Um, so I'd love to dig into some of the learnings there before we get there. Like, so just kind of in the simplest terms, like what is my lens today? Who is it for? Like, what can you use it for? Um, what are you guys selling or helping people with? There's really two main pieces of my lens right now. It is a community. We vet every single person that comes in. It's people with at least five years of professional experience that are in that boat. I was in four years ago. I was sick of working for somebody else. I wanted to go out on my own and I didn't want to do it alone. So it's a community. We have workshops, we have resources, templates, guides, a lot of great networking in there. We host networking events and then, um, lead generation. So we are really working hard on helping you find your next lead. It's one of the biggest pain points for independent consultants today. So finding companies that are growing, hiring in need of, uh, you know, marketing products, sales, BD, engineering, finance, you name it, those experts, um, and helping you find that in order to do that, right, you need a home niche, you need your ideal client, you need proposals, you know, setting your rate. So we have all of the resources to help you get started or to help you really formalize that business. Um, but lead generation is really what keeps people coming back to my lands on a recurring basis. Yeah. Getting that first customer, right. And I'm sure that's one of the biggest hurdles. And then obviously dealing with any of the back office stuff that most people, unless that's your job, you don't want to do. Right. Um, so where are you seeing kind of the most traction? Like what types, I, I imagine it's more than just tech related people, but like, yeah, who, who are sort of your best fit customers and the people that are getting the most help from MyLance? It is those tech folks. It is the folks, I, I mean, it's really like you and I, we worked at Uber, Airbnb, Google, Facebook, you know, Microsoft, you name it. It doesn't have, those are all the brand name companies. It doesn't have to be a brand name company, of course, right? Sure. You can go work at more of a series A, series B startup, whether it's successful or not. You got some great, great experience and learnings that you can then give back to either the next generation of startups or an SMB. We see a lot of folks that like the, our communities really dominated product marketing and operations. I think, you know, engineering folks, um, design folks, 
they kind of have homes other places. We still have that, right? It's not like we don't. We, we absolutely have a lot of those. But I'd say we, because we really help you with that niche piece, that ideal client piece. And, yep. you know, engineers, it, it seems to me that they struggle a little less with that. It's, it's a little, little more clear cut of like, okay, I'm like mm-hmm. a senior Java engineer, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, so operations, marketing product, I'd say are uh, the most common. And then, as I said, five to 10 years experience, we definitely, you know, swing on both sides of that, but that's the most common and they're working on their own. Yeah. So you, you mentioned there's like probably a million different things that you've learned over the past few years, big lessons, whether about building MyLance or about even helping other consultants, how to build a consultancy. Like what are some of like the top ones that kind of lessons that you've, you've pulled over the past few years? Okay. I'll try and maybe we'll pick three. The first one is it's kind of, I mentioned it earlier, but I think I'll, we, I'm going to say we, cause it really comes from me, but I see it in all our customers is that we, we are scared to kind of do the thing that's actually going to move the needle because it has a high chance of failure. It's, mm-hmm. it's an unknown. It's putting ourselves out there. It's doing something new. It's not sure how it's going to be received. And so we do all these other activities, right? We like do research and we do business models and we get a logo created and we work on our <laughs> website and we, you know, we do all these backend things that actually don't move the needle. And right. I tell people when I was consulting, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a logo. I didn't have a business model. I, you know, I didn't have any, in fact, I didn't have an LLC when I first started. Like my first right. client was, I was a sole prop and we recommend you get an LLC of course, but you know, the, all of those things that I mentioned are not needle moving activities. Mm-hmm. And if I have to pick one learning from my lands or end consulting, it is if you only focus on those needle moving activities, you are just going to be so much further ahead and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to get told no. And that's part of the process. And it's like embrace that journey, if you will. It's a cliche, but like really just kind of know it's part of the deal and move the needle and for consultants moving the needle is getting on the phone like have calls because like every single consulting project had a call before it every single one i don't know a single person that's closed consulting deal like over slack or over like a text message it's just like it doesn't happen you jump on a call okay so if so if they all started with a call or had a call you know somewhere in the middle before the contract get on the phone right you just got to do it and entrepreneurs are the same you have to talk to your users yeah I think um, you touched on it. Like the temptation is to want to play startup or play business, which is like, I'm going to go buy a domain and like, oh, okay, a little dopamine, you know, a little adrenaline. And I'm super tempted by that too. Like I wanted to do all these things. I was like, no, I'm going to make a logo. It's going to be three letters. I'm going to do it on Canva and I'm time boxing it to 20 minutes. And that's all I'm spending. And then focusing on getting subscribers, customers, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So, so that's number one, right? Yeah. The MyLance logo is still like a written MyLance, you know, you know, type four or whatever, you know, a, a type font we picked three years ago. Like who cares? Yep. It has not prevented anything. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, that's one. It's just like do things when you do things like good things happen. I think number two is around niches. Like you, you hit on it, but it's specialization. It just, and, and the way that I positioned it for consultants is, if you, you want to say a sentence that genuinely is going to resonate with the other person, right? So I get called down inbound all the time from these, you know, agencies basically that want to like build things for us right at my end. So, but I got one the other day and it was from, he's a fractional CMO and he does fractional CMO for founders and the, his language hit on my pain points perfectly. 
right? He's like, are you a founder that feels like you're doing all of marketing yourself and you just like want to utilize your existing resources in a more robust way? I was like, yes, <laughs> that is exactly how I feel, right? Like I don't have a full-time head of marketing right now. And I have mm -hmm. a few people helping out on the side, but it's it just, it feels like it's mostly on me. And I also don't want to start from scratch. I don't want to go build all of this marketing material. I don't want him to do that or anyone to do that right now. I want to utilize what we existing right. have. So he spoke to me so well and he was niche, right? Mm -hmm. if, if he was just like, I'm a part-time marketing manager, I'd be like, I would ignore it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't respond at all. But, but his message spoke to me because it was so niche. Like I'm a fractional CMO for founders that works in the following way. And I was like, let's jump on a call, right? And every person, like when, when advisors come to me, I was like, what, what would you advise me for my lens, right? You wouldn't say like, you can be consultants, you know, do everything for every consultant. That's impossible, right? Right. Take your own advice, right? People are like, well, I'm really a jack of all trades. Like I'm really good at a lot of different things. And I'm like, I'm sure you are. Like, I'm not saying you're not, right? But <laughs> you gotta position yourself in a certain way that differentiates mm -hmm. you. So I think specialization, whether it's the, the business, customer segment, type of work you do, consulting niche, like no matter what it is, it, it just has to be there, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so that's number two. And, and just to add to that, like there definitely are good generalists out there, right? But you need to get your foot in the door one way. Right. And then I feel like, you know, I've, I've talked to other consultants who you might end up doing other stuff. You identify other problems in the business, maybe not the exact thing you initially signed a contract for, but until you have that contract, you're not going to have the chance to even identify those things and work on it. Um, yep. So yeah, hundred percent agree. Like that specialization positioning, getting into a niche, that's how you get in there. And then maybe you get the other chance to work on other things. Then you have more of the social proof from within the company, maybe it sparks a referral, something else. Sure. Yeah, definitely. The third one I'll say is around, you know, the structure, if you will, and I'm, I'm using that kind of broadly for work and promotions and salaries and everything. It's all made up. It's all made up by people before us. And mm -hmm. when you can really embrace that mindset, like you kind of need to think about it for a little bit, then you realize that there's no right way that, yeah, we're kind of told that we should, quote unquote, you know, do all these different things, go to college, get a job, get promoted, move up, retire at a certain age, all this kind of stuff. It's all made up. It's all BS. And all of our working arrangements are also the same. People are like, I want to make sure that I'm a fractional XYZ in something that's in demand. And I'm like, well, were you in demand as a full-time employee? Yes. Okay. Well, then people, companies need your services, whether it's part-time, full-time, fractional, advisory, freelance, whatever word you want to use, they need you. So yes, you need to position it in a way that resonates with them, but there's no rules here, right? Let's just throw the rule book out the window. There's no right way to build a company. There's no right way to consult. There's no right way to do set rates. There's no right, there's no right. Like, and so, and I think the, the lack of structure in consulting is so difficult for people. It, it, that uneasiness, the uncertainty, it really fuels that imposter thoughts and the, 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 the fears. And so, you know, we built a playbook like, okay, there's the 13 steps to launch your consulting business. Right. And I tell people every time we send it to them, it's like, this is one way it works. We know it works. Hundreds, thousands of people have used it. It works, but do what feels right within the structure, like change your proposal template, like completely mm -hmm. change your, like push the boundaries. Like, why not? Like, you never know. I think my partner and I once were like, you know what, how high could we go? How much could we charge? Mm -hmm. We sent a proposal for like $93,000 a month. 
And the client was like, are you insane? <laughs> right? That's <laughs> like, okay, we got told no, it did not work out. Right? But, but we pushed the boundaries and I'm like, to this day, I'm not going to like feel bad about that for a second. Right? Like, yeah. and, and sometimes we pushed it and we got a lot more than we ever thought we could get. So I think that's my third is like throw the rule book out the window. Yeah. I love, love that, that message. Um, you said something, what did you say? Like everything is made up. <laughs> I feel yes. like that's, that's sort of the, in some ways, sort of the message of like everything part-time tech, right? It's like, why does anything have to be one specific way? Right. And like right. the answer is really, it's just like precedent. And like, right. you know, the way we work nine to five, like it's like well-documented, like kind of started around sort of the industrial revolution or whatever. Right. It's not like this thing that existed since the dawn of man. Um, but definitely we as humans need some sort of structure and guidance. Uh, you know, I, I've definitely felt that myself going on this, you know, leaving my full-time job. It's like not just work, but like life too. I'm like, I can kind of do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I got to take care of my family and all that and, you know, make some income, but like it can look like whatever we want, right? Not what other people tell us. So I can definitely resonate that that's difficult, um, but also freeing once you can kind of get over some of those those mental hurdles. Yeah, I mean, I know that, I had to ask myself, like, am I doing okay? Am I doing, cause you're so used to the, like a manager telling you you're doing well and your friends seeing and your peers and you get promoted and there's all this structure that you're used to. And then when you move outside of it, I almost had these like existential questions of like, what am I doing? Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I had that too. <laughs> so confusing. And then, so I would literally create like a list of accomplishments, right? I'd like remind myself of like, Right. What have I done and where are my goals? And so, cause you're your own manager and you're, you, and I wrote a cliche, a super cheesy LinkedIn post the other day about like, I promoted myself. Right. Cause like at this point, no one's going to promote me. There's no one to promote me. Right. Yeah. Like I'm founder and CEO. So, and I kind of plan to be forever. And, and, you know, so it's like, I'm going to have to just do it myself. And that's anyway. So whatever structure works for you, like you got to come up with something. Absolutely. I, I that whole like, there's no manager to tell you doing a good job. You like, there's no performance review. Like I had that exact, like, what am I doing moment? Like I was like, you know, I started this little farm, which, you know, was never intended to really be like a business. It's just like for my family and whatever, but it was like, you know, 90 degrees out, I'm picking weeds. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> like, yes, this is like cool. But like, I'm like, I could be working, but I'd had like, but it's like so wired in you that like success is measured by like this or that. Um, and I think definitely as a consultant, you have to, you know, obviously you got to make income for yourself to live, whatever, but, um, it, it there definitely is like a rewiring there of just like, yeah. you know, a lifetime of assumptions and like ways to live, right. You got to kind of get off those tracks. So, um, yeah, I, I love, love, love that on, and definitely a lot of, I think the advice for consultants tends to be more even psychological than like tactical, right? hundred so. percent. Well, we learned that in our course, right? We had all this tactical stuff and I was like, we have to add executive coaching into this. Like there's just so much mindset and the posture thoughts. Cause I was like, honestly, if you knew no tactics, but you just went balls to the wall and just did stuff with like no fear, you'd have success, frankly. Mm -hmm. Like you, it would be hard not to have success. Right, right. So it agree. It's I, it definitely is more mindset than, than tactics. Yeah. Well, Bradley, it's been awesome to kind of pick your experience. I feel like we went to a lot of different kind of areas that, frankly, like these are questions I've gotten a lot, right? And I've only done really one kind of one and a half, two consulting engagements. You have some more. And then obviously you get the experience of all the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, I've even sent people your way. So I think this will be really valuable to folks. Um, any other kind of like parting advice to folks who want to kind of jump into this? Um, and yeah. 
I'll just reiterate what I said is that if you want that first client, that next client, you know, get on the phone. And start with your network. That's the lowest hanging fruit for sure. You don't need yep. a niche for that because they already know you. So you can kind of save that work and just get on the phone. Get on the phone with like 20 people that you've worked with, past managers, colleagues, peers, friends, friends of friends, girlfriends, friends, doesn't matter. And uh, and just start talking and be curious. And, and honestly, good things will happen. I, I tell people, if you get on 20 calls with people in your network, you're very likely to close your first client from that. And then you like have some confidence, something under your belt, you can build from there. But you know, just get started, get on the phone, don't make a logo, don't make a business model, don't make a website, don't do any of that stuff. You know, get on the phone, put yourself out there and be okay if you get a no or when you get a no. Yeah, that's great. So where can people find you and you know, how should they find MyLance and what should they look at MyLance for? MyLance.co. So super easy to find. I'm also on LinkedIn, Bradley Jacobs on LinkedIn. I post almost every day now and I'm posting guides and stories and learnings and showcasing members. So um, I like to put as much, you know, giving content out there. Um, come to MyLance if you're looking to sustain a growing consulting business. That's what we're here for. We're here to collaborate. We're here to learn from each other. MyLance stands behind our customers. We're not this like front-sided marketplace where we tell you what to do and you have to stay on the platform and all that kind of stuff. We're giving you the tools to be successful and helping kind of push your business forward. That's really, we don't take a cut of anything. It's, it's all SaaS-based. So yeah, come, uh, come check us out. We also have a free tier. So if you just want a, a landing page for your consulting business and some free resources, we have that too. So yeah, MyLance.co and check us out on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Bradley, this has been awesome. Uh, a lot of good learnings. Appreciate you being on here. Got it. Thanks for having me.